1: When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Street is on the phone. Here. Welcome Wait. in everybody, episode okay. 703 podcast in this week, America, the air tour sports podcast presented by bet friend Sportsbook. It is Friday, April 28th, 2023 people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day and I hope everybody is ready for what should be a jam packed Friday air tour sports podcast. Here's what you need to know about today's show. Listen, there is so much going on in the world of college sports. This Hunter Dickinson recruitment won't die. Uh, Tyler Buckner commits to Alabama. We got news about the 12-team college football playoff on Friday, on Thursday. Deion Sanders doing Deion Sanders stuff. But today, I think it's solely about the NFL draft. The bottom line is the draft was cra- The draft was as good as I can ever remember it from a storyline and a narrative perspective. And all we're going to do today is talk all things draft. Monday, we'll do more draft, but we'll react to some of this news. But today, it's all about the draft. Listen, we're going to talk about Will Levis. I'll be fair. I'll be transparent. I'll be honest. I won't criticize him the way that you think I will, but I obviously want to talk about him. We'll talk a lot about a lot of the other big storylines coming out of draft night. The Houston Texans, they grew up right in front of our eyes. Love what the Eagles did. Love what the Lions did. How about Aaron Rodgers? Still can't get a receiver. The Seahawks, I loved what they did. Uh, Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. So we'll hit on two, three topics, take a quick break, come back and hit on everything else. And then, as I said, next week, I promise we'll get to some of the other odds and ends across college sports. But today it feels like an all NFL draft kind of show. So with that said, let's not waste any more time. And let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, I'll just tell you, you know, I know I said it a minute ago. But it feels like from a a, a storyline perspective, from a stuff happening perspective, from things to talk about, from fits to this to that, this was one of the most entertaining round ones of the NFL draft that I can ever remember. And so what I want to do now is break it all down. But unfortunately, where I want to start is the biggest story of the night. And it was not anyone that was picked in the 31 picks of the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. Unfortunately, it was the guy that wasn't picked, and that's Will Levis. And before we get too deep into this, Kentucky fans, we got a lot of Kentucky fans listening to this show. Listen, I, I'm going to quote Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire here, okay? I'm not going to do what you all think I am going to do, which is, is criticize Will Levis Um, because listen I was a guy that questioned him in the draft process I said about two weeks ago I thought either him or Anthony Richardson was going to fall so I take no joy in seeing him suffer and in a lot of ways I actually feel really bad for Will Levis right I tweeted this out and I truly believe it two things can be true I think you can you can be a person who questioned why he was being projected as a top five pick, or if he should be a top five pick, should he be going that high in the draft? You can also be a compassionate human being and on the biggest night of his life, still feel bad that things did not go as planned. That this guy, I mean, even in a worst case scenario, I think he probably thought he was going top 10. Maybe somebody trades up into that top 10 if the other three quarterbacks go ahead of him. And so again, we can be compassionate human beings and say that we may have questioned him in the process while also acknowledging that you never want to see anybody have the night on a national stage quite like he did. Now, I think the question becomes to me and a question that I got a lot from people, though the people that weren't mad at me saying all you do is criticize him. The question becomes, so, so like what happened with Will Levis? How did we end up here? and i think it's a few things that immediately come to mind in terms of what could have happened and why um why he fell the way that he did one i'll just say this and again i'm not trying to be rude and i'm not trying to be crass and and honestly actually let me let me take a second to talk about something that i mentioned on last wednesday's show or, or this past wednesday's show 2 days ago is that when we talk will levis we do have to acknowledge a few things one The offensive coordinator was terrible. He got fired. If Liam Cohen stays from a year ago, maybe he's not in this situation. The offensive line behind him, in front of him, excuse me, was not good. His best wide receiver, Wandale Robinson, went pro after last year. His wide receivers this year, while talented, are very young. And so I want to put all of that out there because to just blanket, oh, he shouldn't have been in the top five. He shouldn't have been this. He shouldn't have been that. I think it's completely unfair, and I think context always matters, and there is context why there was so much hype around Will Levis coming into the year, and he did not live up to it. Now, in terms of why I actually think he fell on draft night, I think there's a few obvious reasons. One, the first one, listen, the tape doesn't lie, and I get that he played behind an offense, a bad offensive line, and I get that he didn't have great skill position talent, but guess what? You know what ends up happening if you come to the NFL? You are going to go to a place where there's probably not very good offensive line play and very not good very not not very good skill talent around you. Look at what Bryce Young is walking into in Carolina. DJ Moore just got traded to the Chicago Bears. Christian McCaffrey got traded at the deadline. Bryce Young is going to have nothing around him, okay? CJ Stroud is going to have very little around him. And so it's fair to say, what is CJ Stroud going to do when he doesn't have the most talent around him like he did at Ohio State? But it's also fair to say, if Will Levis struggled behind a bad offensive line and with limited talent around him, that he is going to struggle at the NFL, or at least that's a concern for a team that is going to take him in the top 10. And so when I talk about Will Levis, the bottom line is, yes, I get the context behind him, but the stats don't lie. This was a guy that went 11 of 23 passing, no touchdowns, one interception against Vanderbilt this year, okay? Kentucky fans, you can be mad at me for criticizing him, but I remember the reaction the day you lost to Vanderbilt. It wasn't very good. I understand that Levis had a bad O-line. I understand the OC was terrible. By the way, I understand he had bad injuries all year and he was playing through them and he should get credit for it. But we also have to acknowledge 11 of 23 against Vanderbilt. Uh, You know, 16 of 27 for 98 yards against Tennessee. You look at all of the games, even the games that they won. 13 of 24, one touchdown, one interception against Florida. The tape doesn't lie. And by the way, can't blame injuries against Florida in week two. Can't blame bad offensive line play because Florida isn't very good either. So I just bring it up to say, one, the tape doesn't lie. Two, I'm also going to say this. And I tweeted it out. I think some people got it. Some people didn't. When I saw that Jimmy Sexton is Will Levis's agent, I'm not going to lie. That kind of blew me away. And it kind of put into perspective what might have happened on Thursday night. Now, some of you are probably asking, who is Jimmy Sexton? Okay. So Jimmy Sexton, they call him the most powerful man in college football. He is the agent for Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, James Franklin, I could go on and on and on and on and on. But when it gets to be the silly season in college football coaching carousel news, and you start to hear these crazy rumors, oh, you know, Nick Saban might go to Texas. Mel Tucker's the front runner at LSU. Um, Mark Stoops might go to LSU. Lane Kiffin's definitely gonna go to Auburn. Those are all leaks by Jimmy Sexton. To create a market for his client to get more money from his current school. So, what does it have to do with Will Levis? I was thinking about it when I saw that Jimmy Sexton was his agent. Was there ever that big of a market for Will Levis? Or has the market been created by an agent that's trying to create interest in his client? Oh, by the way, that's an agent's job. I get it. I'm not criticizing Jimmy Sexton. But this is a guy that works ads in college sports like a speed bag, getting more money out of your favorite AD, you know, Greg Byrne, Mitch Barnhart, uh, you know, John Cohen at Auburn, whoever he works like speed bags, convincing them that there's a market for their client that may or may not exist. And so I wonder, you look at all these leaks from the last couple of weeks, Will Levis, the, the apple of the eye of the Indianapolis Colts, the apple of the eye of the Houston Texans, Was there ever that big of a market or was it created by the agent? So it's something to think about. It's something to consider. And all I'll say, bottom line, is this. Will Levis obviously did not go in the first round. And I do feel bad about it. And I don't take any great joy in being right on it. The one thing I will say, though, and this is not what Will Levis wants to hear today, but this might end up being the best thing that ever happened to him, right? I mean, think about some of the great quarterbacks of the last couple decades, really. Aaron Rodgers probably should have been, obviously, history tells us he should have been the number one overall pick or a top five pick. He falls to the back end of the first round in Green Bay. Guess what happens? He gets to, you know, kind of apprentice under Brett Favre, gets two or three years to figure it out, and now he's a Hall of Famer. And so there's plenty of stories like that. You go through the history of football. There's all sorts of stories of guys falling, and it ends up working out best for them. And so with Will Levis, I do wonder, is this one of those moments in time where, yes, he falls to the second round? Yes, it sucks. Yes, the contract's not as good. Yes, it's not as much money. But is it possible that he falls to a better spot? I don't know who it's going to be. But what if he ends up going to Minnesota in round two or whoever? A team that doesn't need him to be a star right away. Because we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson in a minute. We're going to talk about C.J. Stroud in a minute. Both of those guys need to be great on day one or their organizations are in trouble. Will Levis will not have that pressure wherever he gets drafted. And I'll say this. I wish him nothing but the best. And I hope he proves all of the doubters, including me, wrong. I got to own it. Listen, I have been critical of Will Levis. I don't want to see him fail, though. And I wish him nothing but the best going forward. Really quickly, let's get to some other news and notes from the NFL draft. And let's go to what I think outside of Levis was the most interesting thing that happened in the draft. And that's this. The Houston Texans look like a real organization on Thursday night, huh? So let's talk about Houston's night because Houston was another one, right? Were they going to go Will Levis? Were they going to go? Were they going to trade back? Were they going to take Will Anderson or a defensive player? You guys heard me talk about this over the last couple of weeks. I said, I kind of feel like, look, D'Amico Ryan's six-year contract came from San Francisco. He doesn't need to take a quarterback he doesn't believe in. Go get the defensive player. Go get a quarterback in the third, fourth, fifth round. And then maybe you're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes next year. Well, fast forward, D'Amico rides to the exact opposite. He said, screw the six-year contract. We're playing to win now take C.J. Stroud number two overall, even though nobody really expected that. And then how about this was at number 12 trades up to number three for the Arizona Cardinals and drafts. Will Anderson bottom line end of story. I'll just be blunt. I love everything about what the Houston Texans did from a football perspective. Here's why I love when you're rebuilding an organization, there's like two or three key spots that you need to get right. one, Got to get the quarterback, right? Is C.J. Stroud the guy? Is he not the guy? We don't know. But if you believe that he's the guy, and oh, by the way, there was talk that C.J. Stroud, that if 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 Houston went with Will Anderson at number two, that someone likely Tennessee was going to trade up to number three to draft, to draft C.J. Stroud. So you get the quarterback you want. You don't risk not being able to get back to number three to get the pick that you want. And then you still get the defensive player that you want in Will Anderson. So you have your quarterback to build around and you have your edge rush defensive player to build around. You have an elite edge rusher. You have an elite quarterback. That's a great place to start. But more than anything, what I liked about Houston's night on Thursday, they just look like a real well-run organization. And this is an organization that's basically, let's be honest, they've been a mess for like five or six years now, right? Even when they were winning under Bill O'Brien, you heard the rumors. You heard the murmurs. Bill O'Brien as a GM was terrible, even if I didn't think he was that bad as a head coach. Trades DeAndre Hopkins, all the weird stuff that he does. Then you go through the Deshaun Watson situation where, one, first of all, don't forget, Deshaun Watson demanded a trade because he was so unhappy with the organization, Then you have the criminal activity, you know, Houston, the the organization was sort of peripherally involved and they kind of provided them some, I'm not blaming them for anything, but I'm just saying it was weird. Then you hire David Cully for a year, then you fire him, then you hire Lovey Smith for a year and then you get to Miko Ryans. And so for an organization that has just been a complete disaster, I thought it was cool to see them act like a big boy organization, right? To say, we got our coach, we like him, we believe in him. Now let's put together a blueprint to actually win games. Because the last two years, it's been this weird holding pattern, weird coaches that you know aren't the long-term answer, and you hire Lovey Smith, and what are you doing? And David Culley was an assistant for a million years. Well, you got the guy that you want as head coach, and now you gave him full autonomy to make moves as the head coach. You guys know how I feel about C.J. Stroud. I like him. I don't love him. I could see the scenario where he does struggle. But if you believe he's your guy, go get him. And then to get Will Anderson at number three. I absolutely loved it. All right. Last thought on uh, uh, um, uh, last big thought, and then we'll get to some other smaller thoughts. Take a quick break. First big thought, last big thought. Anthony Richardson at number four. That one sure is interesting. And what I'll say about it is this. I don't blame the Indianapolis Colts for taking Anthony Richardson, okay? I thought they were the one organization that had to go quarterback in round one. Now, some places, Minnesota, New Orleans with Derek Carr, Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo, they obviously know they don't have their quarterback for the long term. But the Colts, you couldn't go through another cycle of trying to find a veteran. So, like, if you're Vegas and you pass on a quarterback, I get it. If you're Tennessee and you pass on a quarterback, I get it. If you're the Texans even and you pass on a quarterback, I get it. I thought Indianapolis outside of Carolina with Bryce Young at number one was the one team that had to take a quarterback. You can't go the veteran route after you missed on Jacoby Brissett, after you missed on, well, Phil Rivers didn't really miss. He just retired. He was old. Then you miss on Carson Wentz. Then you miss on Matt Ryan. So, they had to take a quarterback. I thought it was going to be Levis. They go with Anthony Richardson. And all I'll really say is this feels like big time, high risk, high reward, but I don't love the spot for Anthony Richardson. Why I don't love the spot for Anthony Richardson is because I'll say this I do believe in the talents of Anthony Richardson. We talked about it after the combine. I said, look, I watched him in Florida. 53% completion percentage. I was completely out of him. Then he shows up at the combine. He throws the ball a mile. He's chiseled like, like he's jacked. He's great shape. He runs well. He throws well. And I was like, Oh, I do sort of get why people would be so high on him, but why I don't like this specific player with this specific team is because we all agreed before the draft that if you're going to draft Anthony Richardson, you have to get him in a place where he is going to have time to develop, where he can sit behind a whoever, a Derek Carr, a Kirk Cousins, or Ryan Tannehill, and figure things out and take his time and not throw him into the fire on day one. That's where the concern is because he is going to have to play day one in, in Indianapolis. Not only do they not have a better option, sorry, Sam Ellinger, but they can't like there's no they can't go back to the veteran route. And so, this to me is a guy that I don't believe is ready to be a day one starter, but he is going to have to be. And that's why I'm concerned. It becomes especially interesting. He's obviously drafted in the same draft as CJ Stroud, will forever be compared to him. But Stroud to me just feels more ready to go day one than Anthony Richardson. And if I'm a Colts fan, I'm a little worried. You know, it's funny. I was watching the draft with my mom, she's in town visiting. My stepdad's a Colts fan, and she asked me what I thought. I said, you know, tell Matt, I'm sorry. I don't love it. I get it. You had to take a quarterback. I'm just not sold that this guy is the one that you want, considering everything. All right, so what I want to do, take a quick break, come back, and when we come back, we're going to go ahead and hit on some of the other news and notes of the NFL draft round one. thought it was an interesting night for the Eagles, for the Lions. How about the Jets? Also a trend that I absolutely love. We're going to take a quick break. Talk about it all now. We took it all. We brought them to our land.
0: An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga
1: hellblade 2 play it now with game pass
0: i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press 1 if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press 2
1: All right, we'll get back to the show in a minute, but before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook, and the Betfred Sportsbook app. The NBA playoffs are here, and nobody has you covered quite like Betfred. By now, you know Betfred's story, started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,200 shops in the UK. They have since come to the United States and made a major splash. They are not only the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres podcast and all things Aaron Torres Media, but also... The Cincinnati Bengals, the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos. And what I love about Betfred Sportsbook is that nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. You've seen the Betfred Sportsbook suite at Bengals games. It is hopping. We have sent listeners of this show to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitches at Colorado Rockies games. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred Sportsbook does. And here is what they are doing for the NBA playoffs. How about this for a deal? Bet $50 on any game. All playoffs long. Get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Bet $50 on any game. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, here is what else Betfred does for you. They're going to give you up to $200 in insurance for the first five weeks that you're a Betfred customer. So, Maybe you make a bad pick. We all do. We've all been there. Trust me. You followed my picks in March Madness. It happens. So you bet $200. does not work out. Get 200 insurance for the first five weeks that you are a Betfred customer, equating up to $1,111 in free bets thanks to Betfred. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred does. Love working with them. They are the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres Pod. Tell them Torres sent you. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary.
0: BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: All right. I'm back. Going to be back. Going to be back. Do want to keep the conversation going on the NFL draft. And what I just want to do now, hit on about four or five different quick topics that stood out to me on Thursday night. We'll be quick. Want to get out of here. Uh, First of all, my neighbors are about to murder me. It's about one 30 Eastern time here. Now I'm not on the East coast, but the point is I'm loud. It's late. Torres is animated. So let's get to the other parts of the draft that stood out. So there, next thing I want to talk about, there's a new trend in the NFL that I really like. Okay. And so I grew up in the old days of the NFL where you had these GMs and these coaches, It's my way or the highway. We're going to do it my way. We're going to do this this way. We're going to do that that way. What I like about the new NFL is that one, I think just younger coaches, younger GMs, everybody's more receptive to new ideas. But two, what I like is that most of these regimes, when they draft a young quarterback, they do everything they can to put him in position to succeed. So let me give you an example. Last year, Miami Dolphins in the offseason, they think two was the guy, right? So, what do they do? They go ahead and draft Jalen Waddle. Well, they drafted him two years ago, but they drafted Jalen Waddle. And then on top of that, they added Tyreek Hill to the receiving core. And so, what the Miami Dolphins were essentially telling everybody is I, we don't know if two is the guy, but we're going to give him every opportunity. We're going to put him in the best position possible to prove that he is. And then if he isn't, we at least know, you know, it's one of those, if it doesn't work out, you can't say that you didn't try. And so why do I bring it up? It is because I thought we saw two great examples of this exact situation take place in the NFL draft on Thursday night. The first one was the Arizona Cardinals who had the number three overall pick traded back and then traded up to number six overall. And it's an interesting week for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if anybody caught this story. But Mike Florio, and listen, you guys and girls know I don't I don't like to criticize other people in the media. We all have our opinions. Some I agree with, some I disagree with, whatever. But why I bring it up, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk had this weird thing last week because the Cardinals brass, the new GM and the new head coach, I think his name's Jonathan Cooper, maybe. I, I don't know, whatever his name is. The new guy, he's from the Philadelphia Eagles. They went to Oklahoma last Saturday where Kyler Murray was being honored by the University of Oklahoma. And Mike Florio did this whole thing of like, you know, why are they traveling the week before the draft? They need to focus on their draft board. And what I sat there and said was like, oh, wait a second. Now there is no player that they are going to draft. That is more important than having a good relationship with Kyler Murray. And so take care of Kyler Murray, keep him happy. Whether you like Kyler Murray, whether you don't like Kyler Murray, he is the face of the franchise. You gave him a ton of money. You got to make it work. Fast forward to Thursday in the draft. What did they do? They traded back, then they traded up, and they got him an offensive tackle. Again, if you have questions about Kyler Murray at this point, I get it. I'm the guy from day one that has had questions. I'm the guy that said he should have played baseball. But he is your guy. The previous regime gave him a ton of money. He doesn't feel like somebody that's easily tradable. So go ahead and give him the best possible chance to succeed when he comes back from his knee injury. You did that. You got the offensive tackle, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. He was basically everybody's number one offensive tackle. So I love that from the Arizona Cardinals perspective. Same thing with the Chicago Bears. I'm a Justin Fields guy. I said back in the 2021 draft, I thought he should go number two overall behind Trevor Lawrence, ahead of Zach Wilson, ahead of Trey Lance. Go back and find that podcast. It exists. It hasn't worked out in Chicago so far, but it's obviously because the organization is a mess. Well, what have they done this offseason? Traded the number one pick, got a bunch of picks, got DJ Moore from the Carolina Panthers. Great wide receiver. That helps uh, Justin uh, Justin Fields. But beyond just that, did you see what the Chicago Bears did on uh, Thursday night in the NFL draft? They went ahead and got a great offensive tackle from the Tennessee Volunteers in Darnell Wright so again Justin Fields is he the guy is he not the guy we don't know but at least the Chicago Bears a dysfunctional organization for basically as long as I've been alive did what they could to put their their young guy in the best position to succeed I'll add this there was one other pick that I loved from this perspective as well the Baltimore Ravens the day they signed Lamar Jackson to that big extension going out and getting Zay Flowers the wide receiver that felt like just one of those from the Baltimore Ravens like, you know what buddy? Congrats on the new contract. We'll throw it a little something else for you. Here's a speedy wide receiver for Boston College. So I loved what the Cardinals, the Bears, and the Ravens did to take care of their young quarterbacks. Now, on the flip side, I don't know if anyone else caught this besides me, but I thought something else was funny. I just mentioned that uh the 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 the, the excuse me, the Baltimore Ravens went ahead and took a wide receiver in the first round, probably to make Lamar Jackson happy. Why do I bring it up? It's because one thing that made me laugh. Did you see what happened at pick 15, okay? So pick 15, that's the New York Jets. They obviously swapped picks during the Aaron Rodgers trade. And it was funny, right? Because when they trade for Aaron Rodgers, you think, okay, they're all in. They got two years with this guy, maybe three, maybe one. Go ahead and give him the best possible team that you can. And so everybody kind of when Jackson Smith and Jigba, the star wide receiver from Ohio State, who I love, fell to 15, it was like, oh, the Jets are going to go get him. He was a former teammate of Garrett Wilson. They're going to make it work. It's going to be showtime on turf. Let's go. What ends up happening? The Jets took a defensive end. And why it cracked me up was, do you remember what happened every year in the draft with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Every year it was clear he wanted wide receivers. He wanted help. He wanted this. He wanted that. What do they do? Defensive tackle, defensive lineman, defensive end, on and on and on. It was just funny to watch unfold. But Aaron Rodgers, they could have got up another wide receiver. They instead go get the defensive end. Uh, but that is so on brand. Poor Aaron I, I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. He makes $50 million a year. But it is crazy to see that unfold again. By the way, one team who I loved what they did, I just mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba. He went to the Seattle Seahawks again. Geno Smith, not the long-term answer, but you pair Geno Smith now with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett, and now Jackson Smith at Jigba. You're going to give Geno Smith the opportunity to succeed, and then whoever is the next quarter, or the next quarterback behind him, I think has a chance to have a ton of success as well. A couple other things that stood out. One, Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles coming off of Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl runner-up, excuse me. They just paid Jalen Hurts. Have you noticed what Philadelphia is doing? Philadelphia is basically like, this is how we are going to build our roster. Jalen Hurts, and hey, we're just going to draft defensive guys off of Georgia. And I can't lie, I kind of love the theory, considering that Georgia had literally one of the best defenses in the history of college football two years ago. Last year, draft Jordan Davis early in the first round. Then they get into Kobe Dean, who was kind of the emotional leader of that team in round three, I think it was. Well what happens on Thursday they trade up they get Jalen Carter maybe the most talented player in the draft out of Georgia and then how about this to end the first round at pick number 31 30 number 30 excuse me they draft Nolan Smith who's also from Georgia and so it's kind of funny one if your' if your blueprint is just draft Georgia guys it's probably going to work out well especially on the defensive side of the ball but two i actually like it for this reason jalen carter is an insane talent you ask the evaluators they say he's the best player in the draft but he's had the off the field issues he was the 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 you know the second driver in a in a that that car racing situation that tragically led to the death of two people involved with georgia football he had some character issues he was overweight and out of shape at his pro day so why i like this for philly surround him with people who have kept him in line before. N'Kobe Dean was the emotional leader of that Georgia team two years ago. Nolan Smith was the emotional leader of the Georgia team this past year, even when he got injured. And it's really interesting because I remember at the combine when Jalen Carter had to leave, Nolan Smith was the one that was there answering questions. Like, I love this kid. I'd do anything for him. I believe in him. Well, now you're putting those same people with Jalen Carter they're going to hold them accountable. And so you you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, you talk about the night that they had getting remember, this is the Super Bowl runner up. This is the number 1 seed in the NFC really talented team. I think they were the number 2 seed, but whatever, you get the point. They end up getting maybe the most talented player in the draft to add to an already awesome defense. I think the Eagles might be that they probably should be your favorites to come out of the NFC next year, obviously after doing it this year. Only other team that really stood out from Thursday night, do want to give a quick shout out to, um, do want to give a very quick shout out to the Detroit Lions. I really think Dan Campbell is really good at this drafting thing. Okay. He's done a very good job in all the years past. Panay Sewell, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, Obviously we'll get to see, uh, you know, Jamison Williams in the coming years to see if he can get healthy. He's obviously got the off the field situation right now. Got suspended for gambling, but this year, this is what Dan Campbell does. He gets Jameer Gibbs, super dynamic offensive player from Alabama. And then he backs it up with Jack Campbell, a super productive linebacker from Iowa. And so I just love it because the thing that Dan Campbell has built the Detroit Lions on is having dudes who love football. Well, first of all, you know, Jack Campbell loves football. I mean, he was one of the leading tacklers in college football over the last two, three, four years, 100 plus tackles multiple times. That dude's going to come to play. That dude's going to be awesome. By the way, 128 tackles this year. 128 tackles this year for Jack Campbell at Iowa, the linebacker. You know that's a dude that loves football. Finished, uh, what did he finish? About top 10 in the country, 12th in the country with 128 tackles. Jameer Gibbs, super explosive, super dynamic running back. And that's just a guy that I think when I look at what uh, you know? What he is capable of, Jameer Gibbs, you put him in that offense that's already explosive with Amon Ross St. Brown. You put him in that offense with Jam- Jameson Williams when he comes back from suspension. Detroit Lions, I'm telling you right now, I think they should be the favorites in the NFC North. Crazy to think about, but I think it's a possibility. All right, like I said, I think it is time for me to get out of here. If you're not subscribed to the by the way, uh, great show today. Loaded show Monday. We're going to react to the rest of the draft as well as all this other news that's coming out across college sports. So make sure you subscribe. Maybe we get 100 tickets in commitment by then, but make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're uh, doing what you do. So if you're not subscribed to the Aaron Tora Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Also make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead and give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. Thank you for listening. It is time for me to get out of here. Shout out to Torn Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Redick, UFN. Unblock me, bro. I'll be back Monday. New Aaron Torres podcast. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.